0: Let me ask you this logistical question. Did you have to rent a camera? Did you have to rent lighting? Did you have to rent microphones? Did you require a crew? Did you have to write a script? Did you have to do makeup and blah, blah, blah to do that video? Or did you set up a iPhone hit play and go?
1: Used my iPhone and yeah, I did buy a
2: softbox not too long ago. We have a softbox behind us. It wasn't right now. a recent purchase, but it helps yeah. a lot.
0: Well, I'm guessing the softbox you might have had for taking photos of your product, right?
1: Well, I, I'm actually, she's done some photography. Yeah. Uh, people photography.
0: Oh, okay. Again, you got it lying around. Might as well use it. And that really helped because, again, last week in the live stream, we actually looked at the TikTok video and it was very pleasantly lit. I was going to say, is that a north facing window? But now I understand you had a soft box, which created that nice, soft north facing window light, which made Joyce look wonderfully radiant. It showed (laughs) off her kind of silver fox hair. And I'm just saying, if you got it, yeah. use it. And you did. Yeah. And it looked great. And you looked personable. You looked comfortable in your own skin. Your voice was very, I don't know, it was like sweet cream. It was just like inviting, come on over for some sweet tea. And I'm going to tell yeah. you about the situation we're facing. Some of it's not great because the mayor of Nashville is a bit of a douche. But yeah. that's okay. We're getting past that. That's and
1: the perfect and- word. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I got to well, tell you, it, it, it just from a, a user experience perspective, having street vendors and I'm not talking about people hawking stolen CDs and DVDs. I'm talking no. quality art, quality jewelry, quality things that it turns a street into a fair. It yes. makes a user experience not just about people walking out from bar to bar with a beer in their hand if, if they can yes. have open liquor there it creates a sense of of percolation and effervescence. So I'm just telling you from a brand perspective, it's stupid. I understand the Chamber of Commerce probably they're pissed off because people are spending money on the street that should be spent in stores. No,
1: uh,
0: a rising uh, tide floats all boats.
1: The whole thing began because of the particular location where I was at. There's an organization there that is like open shopping and restaurants it's a really neat complex they really were beefed from day one that we arrived down there and they would send security people to harass us and then it turned into they were emailing the police department in nashville like 13 15 times a day asking them to come down and check everybody's credentials i was really in a category by myself though down there the interesting part of the dynamic on the street was i was located among a lot of people selling cbd and that kind of thing so here i am with guitar string jewelry a completely unique item and people that were walking down the street coming from parking garages absolutely loved that they were finding somebody selling guitar strings because hello we're in nashville yeah right and they would say, what a breath of fresh air it was to find this. I met world travelers. You know, yeah. I met people from Australia, the UK. I yeah. met people from Scotland Ireland. and Ireland. And they they would all say the same thing. Yeah. I love this because I go to other countries. Yep, That's what I exactly. look for. And so you have this mayor hell-bent on getting rid of us, not ever sitting down thinking about... What is it that the people coming to Nashville actually want to find? They want to find people like me. And I have heard nothing but disgust from people as to why he would make this decision. At the end of the day, I really think somebody
2: bought him off. I really, really do. I mean, you talk about branding. You would think that in New York, New York City just based this, I think it was a couple years ago. And the vendors won but they fought and they fought. You would think coming from the perspective of what differentiates us, yes, what sets us apart, that cities like Nashville, cities that have an already innate tourist attraction happening would go, what makes us different? Because every city has restaurants. Okay, cool. Every city has shopping. Awesome, I'm so glad you took the time and money to add a Nike in here when you can go to Nike in your city. So why travel? It's getting down to the point where why not just stay in your city unless there's something uniquely put in that city that goes, we can only find this in Nashville. We can only find this on the street of XYZ. Yeah, And I think it really, it really ticks me off, obviously, because we've lost work, but it really ticks me off that I'm a creative in what I thought was a creative city. So when I moved here and before they moved back here, my sister and I moved here for music. When we moved here, it was just at the cusp of kind of turning this corner into, you know, we're going to start really investing in really cool restaurants, really, really cool coffee shops. And I'm thinking to myself, this is awesome because there's unique, traits that are starting to come in. There mm-hmm. are places that you can't find anywhere else. These are non-chain locations. Yeah. And then the mayor makes this decision and it's not just a decision banning street vending. This is a decision that is like a megaphone announcement saying, I no longer care about entrepreneurialism. I no longer care about the small business therefore and if you get rid of the small business and the mom and the pop and the cool cat in the corner that's making something you've never seen before but they're not a brick and mortar and they don't want to be if you get rid of that you do essentially say i don't care about uniqueness and i have there's no place in nashville for creativity anymore and it goes to another point he's gotten rid of street vendors they're also now harassing street singers yeah oh my god if nashville really wants to go down that rabbit trail which it seems like they do you are essentially saying it's not music city anymore it's just city just come to nashville it's it's a a city." city and it really thoroughly pisses me off to see you're going after street singers
1: it's been happening to a friend of ours and you know he's it's it's a sick story i don't even want to get into it I want to take off of what she was saying about the authenticity thing. I feel like one of the reasons that there's so much angst maybe about social media is I think with the Instagram influencer movement, for instance, what is becoming a trend is to be like everyone else. And we're so addicted to that as a culture. That we don't even I use the word inebriated, you know, we're drunk on that. We we don't even recognize now that somebody that has something authentic and different, they step up to the plate and we don't hear their message anymore because we're so drunk on, oh, you know, you've got to have this gorgeously curated feed and this beautiful outfit on and the perfect hair, and the perfect nails, and you live in the perfect house and you drive the perfect car and all of that. And, you know, we want to celebrate that. And yet we're in a culture, which is why you're having us on this podcast, is because we're talking about the need. People crave authenticity. And I know they do, which has been the thing that we have talked about the most as a family. What sets us apart? We know what sets us apart is our story. What we have lived through, what my husband has walked through since the age of 17 is something that everyone needs to hear. It's a story of grit and determination. It's a story of not quitting, not giving up. That's something to celebrate. My story doesn't look like anybody else's and I don't want it to. And so we're sitting here facing this crisis and yet maybe the good part of it is it it really makes our authentic selves even shine a lot more. No, it's not an option. I will, I'll press forward. Somehow I will make it through this. I've always survived. <laughs> I've always made it.
0: Let's talk about some of the, or put an underline under some of the things you talked about, specifically the city of Nashville. Around the country, Nashville's been referred to as Nash Vegas because it's kind of like a working man's place to go to kick back and listen to music, have fun, have some drinks, see people, all that stuff. But it's still, some place you could take kids to, yes. where Vegas is strictly adults only, right. practically. Right. And part of that you can take kids to was the, there's a lot to see, there's a lot to do, there's a lot of stuff you don't have to pay for. Right. Uh, uh, put yourself in middle America, you're a family of five, I'm speaking as a family of five myself, we always yeah. did everything by, what's the total family cost on that? You know, right. like, oh, we could go to a movie. Okay, total family cost on that is going to be sixty-five dollars plus maybe right. another right. twenty-five. Let's round it up to a hundred. Going to a movie is a hundred bucks. Yeah, we're not going to a movie tonight. Right. Meanwhile, exactly. hey, let's go down to Music Row and maybe down Main Street and, and some of the other places in Nashville and and just sit and listen to a busker who's playing. Yeah. Who's like, oh my God, this person should be a recording artist, and they're on a street corner. And I just heard a song that made me cry for free. What's the consumer value on something like that?
1: It's true. There's there's so much talent here. There's I mean, they know their artists. I mean, they they see it even more than I do. There is a lot to to hear.
0: Which brings a family of five to Nashville for their vacation because dad is doing the total cost of family and go, okay. They've got some good local barbecue places that are probably a little on the cheaper side. We can go there for dinner, and then maybe we'll go to a deli and make some sandwiches and go to a park or or just bring a... Bring a yeah, exactly. And then we can go see some live music for free on the sidewalk. The kids yeah. are going to get tired, and that'll allow us to go someplace and maybe sit down in a coffee shop with an outdoor seating area and just watch people walking by and hear someone who's speaking German over there. Do you hear that there's some Germans here oh and that person sounds like they're French what are they doing here it's Nashville it's America it's it's this incredible experience unless it's not sanitize the street make everyone go to the t-shirt shop so they can all go home with a t-shirt that says I went to Nashville and all I got was this lousy t-shirt as opposed to I went to Nashville I found this really cool street vendor who has guitar string jewelry I'm a guitarist, I, and I'm from Germany. I'm a, I'm a German guitarist. I come yeah. to Nashville because I love the sound of the Nashville country music. And I'm looking for something real to take home yes. to maybe wear because I'm in a cover band for Randy Travis. Uh, and I sing Digging Up Bones on, uh, every weekend over at the House. Yeah. and I, I would love something to remind me of my wonderful trip to the mutterland in Nashville. You can't find that in a, a t-shirt shop that is the same as the t-shirt shop you'd find in in Las Vegas or uh, Branson Missouri. what what does he want? He wants does he What's want Nashville he to be Branson?
2: Well he is I think essentially headed towards he doesn't have long, so he's doing all of this on his way out, which is just disgusting ridiculous. I really do love this city, so I want to try to be kind. But Nashville is kind of teetering on a pretty dangerous precipice right now, and that is alcohol. If they're not careful, they're going to invest all of their money and resources into alcohol, and it's it's already very visible to see that at night you don't come down to Nashville with kids. And that's really that makes me really sad because when we lived here, You know, 2003 through 2010, you could go to Nashville on a Tuesday night, Saturday night, Mm -hmm. and it was enjoyable. It was music-focused, and now it is party central. You've got drunk bachelorettes falling into the street. You've got cops down here who have to direct traffic because it's so—there's so many people, and 90% of them are inebriated beyond belief. You do not— I do not, unless I'm prepared to deal with it, go downtown on a weekend. Yeah, a weekend night past eight o'clock. Right. Because I know what I'm going to run into. And like you said, Nash Vegas, you can still bring kids to. Not for long. Not if the mayor keeps making these choices that put bars and corporations above the creative above the unique because there's something really pure and innocent about investing in small businesses that it doesn't become a Vegas. It becomes a cool party city at night and a really cool, unique creative city during the day. And we're lacking that. And it's funny because like I said, New York city won this, but Nashville kind of acts like it's a big city, like it's an LA or It's in New York, but it doesn't do anything that those cities do, i.e. New York has Central Park lined with vendors and cool vendors. Not stupid, like you said, I'm going to get this CD off of the black market and sell it to you. People who are making t-shirts, people who are woodworking, people who are making ice cream. And it is all year round. And it's all year round. And so if you want to be a big city, put your big girl pants on and become a big city. And and, and do, do the what right, those cities right. do, which is make it really cool for any kind of person coming here. And it also makes it great for the person living here because you're attending to their needs. Yes.
0: What you're talking about is being true to who you actually are. Yeah. Think about this. Some facts about Nashville. It is literally the buckle of the Bible Belt. Literally. Yeah. It is yeah. surrounded by heavily honor-oriented societies in terms of the Scots and the Irish and also yes. other ethnicities that have settled in the region. That honor is a huge thing for them. Respect for family, loyalty, temperance. Not necessarily that you're, you're dry, that you can't have a drink, but that you know to balance. It's all about balance. And even, even the fine Tennessee whiskeys and stuff like that, it's about sipping. Yes, a fine yes, yes. whiskey is sipped slowly and you tease out the licorice and the anise flavors and, and all that stuff. It's about quality over quantity. If you look at the historical background, and this is where I go as a brand guy when I work with people, I say, look at what you are, not what you want to be. What you are is Mother Mabel Carter and the Carter family with Roy Acuff up on the, the old Grand old Opry that it was called the Grand old Opry by accident. Do you know the story about that?
1: I don't know. Yeah. So, yep. uh, what
0: is it? What's, what's the station? WSN? W...
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. WSN would play uh, concerts in Toto, and then they would have different shows, right? So they had a, a, a live feed from, I think, Chicago, the Chicago Opera House, where they did a full grand opera. And at the end of it, it cut to the guy who was doing the the local show. And he said, well, that was Grand Opera. I guess we're Grand Old Opry. And that's where the name came from. And it stuck because they embraced their kind of, we're not all that hoity-toity stuff. We are who we are. And here comes Mother Maybelle Carter and Carter family and Roy Acuff. And we got this new up-and-comer name, Hank Williams. I think you're going to like him.
2: Exactly. And there was something like, we talked about this in last week's episode of how this is the country music epicenter. If you're going to talk about what the roots of country music are, you can't leave out like what we were just talking about, honor and respect and this, you know, familial understanding and warmth. What Nashville feels like it's trying to do is kind of compartmentalize and say, you know, over here, you can kind of honor all the country artists and yippie ki yay But then over here, you can get drunk. Yeah. You know? And instead of intertwining all of it and intertwining kind of the the foundational principles of what that world was like once here in Nashville, it feels like the mayor's just like, we don't need that. We don't need that anymore. Like, that's not really part of us anymore. We're just going to kind of go forward from here. And I think there's a really beautiful Nashville waiting to exist and waiting to come forth Mm -hmm. that says these were our roots. We honor those roots. And this is how we honor them. We honor them by having a, we have a free country music hall of fame museum over here or whatever. And then at night in the park, we bring the buskers that we see on the street every week. They get to perform 30 minute sets. We set the sound up. I mean there's so many options that yeah. Nashville could be doing and they're not. And we have the resources to do it because we're trying to put a more than billion dollar stadium yep. in that a we brand. already have a stadium. We want to put another one a in cuz it's not good enough. Yeah. And that that harkens the same message she was talking about is we want to look like everybody and we're in this influencer mm-hmm. culture. Yeah. That I had the Prada bag from last week, but I just upgraded and got the new one that they just rolled out because I have to look and think and act and be like everybody else before me. Or A, I'm not going to be popular. B, I'm not going to get views and I'm not going to make any money and I'm not going to feel fulfilled. Nashville is is doing that. It's just an influencer city. It's just saying, well, I'll just add another Nike and, and I'm going to build another stadium that I don't need And I could be putting those resources somewhere valuable, like homelessness, maybe.
1: Yeah, homelessness. It's a huge issue here. Or
2: we can just come to New San Francisco and they can just sleep literally in the streets and the cars go around them.
0: This is how brands die. Brands, one, don't know the foundation of their brand. I like to, my bumper sticker for nonfiction branding is know who you are so you can be it. Now that sounds a little Yoda-y maybe, but you truly have to know who you are. And part of what attracted me to you in that video you created was you clearly know who you are and you are being it. And plenty of people know who Nashville is, but they don't have the current power of the Chamber (laughs) of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce is clearly behind it. Anyway, let's not, we've, we've talked a lot about Nashville, but the thing I want to say about it is they don't understand. The people in power don't understand the brand that is Nashville. That's funny because the people who love Nashville know exactly what that brand is. Unfortunately, they aren't the ones making the decisions. Now, I want to take this back to you guys. Rethrive Designs. Now, again, if you've listened to this podcast, listened to last week's podcast, you'll know that Joyce and her husband, Glenn, started this business making jewelry out of guitar strings. Now, I have got to make sure that everyone listening goes right now to rethrivedesigns.com and checks out their product. It's really fun. It's gorgeous. It's, it's unique. It's, it's not gaudy, and yet it's got a little bit of splash to it. It's tasteful. And if you're a guitar player, if you play any stringed instrument, you're going to be whipping out your credit card instantly because, number one, your pricing is very fair. I will say that I looked at it and went, that's very fair. I would have paid another 25 on top of that. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's part of your strategy too, to make this affordable for, what Um, I would call garden variety people.
1: Not affordable for everyone, but affordable for that middle of the road pocket of people, because those are the ones who are going to buy. We've been very careful not to overprice and not to underprice. I don't think we're selling ourselves short. But we are in a time frame here where we're saying that people are hurting, you know There's just economic recession discussions all around us and the thing that just happened with the Silicon Valley Bank and all that stuff. and you know here you are as a small business owner and you're going, oh my gosh, I hope people will still pull out their credit card. I think the thing that I want to say related to that discussion is sometimes in the middle of a crisis, I think you should more intentionally try to support a small business because you're supporting someone who is, you know, this is the meat and potatoes of who they are. We don't have any other employees. This is a family of five, and we each have some integral part of this business that we do. And this is our passion. This is a project project so that we can have the conversation about mental health. And to go back to the Nashville discussion was that we love this one-on-one conversation about mental health. And that is why the strategic part of taking our story to TikTok was so important for us, because now we have a new platform to share that story. And our story brings hope to people. When you wear a piece of our jewelry, you are wearing something that represents that hope. You can gift a piece of jewelry to somebody who is going through a struggle. We have strategically named pieces. For instance, we have an unbroken bracelet. We have the serenity bracelet. We have the endurance bracelet. We have the steadfast bracelet. We have the endless bracelet. Pieces that represent strength, yeah. represent in longevity. If you're somebody going through mental illness, you can wear this piece of jewelry and wear it with pride, and say, "I'm looking at this piece, going, I remember, you know, okay, I'm in the middle of a crisis, I'm in the middle of a struggle, I can, I can hang on, I don't have to quit, I don't have to give up." And so, you're supporting something that's so important. Anybody can go to a brick and mortar store and get something. You can order anything off of Amazon, but you cannot order me off of Amazon, and that's the difference.
0: And that is. Absolutely key into knowing who you are and being it. It's the only thing that no one can steal from you is your story and the voice you have to tell that story. You guys are doing that and you're doing it brilliantly on TikTok. It caught my attention and I'm so happy to have you on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. How can people take a look at your designs?
1: Visit our website, rethrivedesigns.com. You can search by category, and there's close-up images of everything. We've made a point to. I I am my I'm my web designer. Okay. Yeah, I she did spent amazing. Thousands of hours on that site working, and I'm constantly working on it. And you can see everything. It's almost as good as touching it. Not quite. almost. <laughs> but we wanted it to be beautiful and attractive. And I get a lot of compliments on my website, which I'm very proud of. I've spent a lot of time on it. So, we, you know, we want people to see that it is beautiful, it's attractive, that it's, it's enduring quality. It's, it's gonna last you forever. I still have, from 14 years ago, the first bracelet I made for myself and I'll have it for the rest of my life.
0: <laughs> well, and what is the value of that bracelet? Priceless. It truly is because it represents something. Again, if you're listening to this podcast, go to wreathrivedesigns.com. Check out the fantastic stuff they have there. And if you would like to purchase something, be sure to use the promo code nonfiction at checkout and you'll get a little bit of a discount courtesy of the Roseman family. That's Joyce and Kirsten Roseman. And Glenn, unfortunately, isn't with us but I'm sure he's around there someplace probably making some jewelry. Who knows? (laughs) I do have to ask you this. Some people asked in comments to your video, if I sent you guitar strings my dad had on his guitar before he passed, could you make jewelry out of them? What's your answer to that question?
1: Absolutely, yes.
0: (sighs) I'm sorry. I've
1: done that a lot, by the way. I have done that over the course of 14 years. I've, I've done that quite a bit, yeah.
0: My goal, and my wife knows this, I've got a collection of guitars. Some of them are crap, but some of them, I wrote the song about you on that guitar. Mm -hmm.
2: And my daughters
0: know that they've already Mm -hmm. picked out the guitars and they, they don't rub it in my face, but it's like when dad dies, that's mine. But they already have in their heads that the only thing I want, I don't want any of his crap, but I want that guitar because any person who plays an instrument has an almost mystical relationship with it, unless it's a, a tailor. Sorry, I'm not a fan.
2: I don't like tailors either, you're fine. Yeah.
0: A tailor or a fender? No, I actually like fenders for electrics, but you know what I mean. The funny thing is, okay, long story, and maybe I shouldn't tell this story, but I'm talking to a musician here, you'll get it. I finally made enough money that I ha- I could buy a quality acoustic guitar. A quality acoustic guitar in my world is you got a thousand plus to spend on it. You can spend up to five thousand, but most of that is mother of pearl. If you can spend a thousand dollars and find a, a good builder, you can get a decent guitar. If you can spend fifteen hundred, it, it'll be even better. If you can go to two thousand, then you're really in, in good shape. I could finally buy my a, a good guitar, a really good player guitar. I was living in Chicago at the time, I played every and I mean every acoustic guitar that was available in any g- guitar place in Chicago. And the funny thing is, when I set out on my quest, I was at Guitar Works, which is in Evanston, Illinois. I saw a guitar that looked, well, oh, that looks pretty cool. I picked it up. I played it. And I'm like, oh, my God, this just set a bar. Yeah. I, I played every guitar in Chicago. And the one I ended up buying was the first one I picked up. And yeah, it was a that- Larravee. Jean La hand built from Canada back in 1995, and it's still my number one.
1: That's romance.
0: how that's how emotional I get about my
1: guitars <laughs> and <laughs> the
0: strings on them, which is why your jewelry is so damn valuable. Yes. Well, Joyce and Kirsten, I want to give you the floor for a last thought. Is there anything that this audience should know about you and ReThrive Designs that we haven't talked about?
2: Promote, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I think the parting hope is that you really latch on to our story, like we were saying. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've talked about a lot of it, but the at the end of the day, the story about what we have overcome and survived as a family, I really believe that, just like we were saying with musicians, that if AI starts making music, it won't be the same Yeah, because of a feeling. I really think that people who wear this jewelry will carry that story of hope and perseverance with them. I really do believe that's what sets us apart. Mm -hmm. Even if people come along and literally copy us, which they've done, it doesn't have the same feeling because it wasn't made by our hands and it didn't come out of the brain of a man who has survived 42 years of bipolar OCD. You just, you can't, you can't change that. And I do think that that's our brand is is our story of survival and pushing forward Mm -hmm. despite all of it.
0: Well, I'm gonna say it again. The only things that you truly own and no one can take from you is your story and the voice with which you use to tell it. Yeah. You guys are owning both and I'm loving it. So Joyce and Kirsten, thanks so much for being on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. As always, don't forget people, my book, Nonfiction Brand, is available on the House of Bezos. Just go over to Amazon.com, look it up. I love Bezos. <laughs> well it is I love right, it. You know, The House of Bezos. <laughs> and you pick up a copy because it, it goes into all sorts of stories about why you should be creating a what I like to call completely true, completely you nonfiction brand. Obviously, the Rosemans are doing it. I'm so thrilled to have you on. That's it for this week on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. I am your host, D.P. Knuton, and they are...
2: Joyce and Kirsten Roseman.
0: And I'll be talking at you again next week. Bye-bye.